Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speak the Devil's Podcast. I'm Dom Fusco. Alongside, as always, I got Sammy St. Jean and Sam Glavin. Today, we are going to discuss what's going on currently with Dickinson Sports, some updates from the past week, preview a look ahead at the week, at this coming week. Uh, we are going to have an interview with Jenna Schumann from Women's Volleyball, and then we are going to do our three most influential people in sports. So we got a really good show for you guys. Uh, week off for us. Uh, week off for the boys. We are back. Sam, Sammy, what's going on, boys? Yeah, not much. Just ready to ready to talk some Dickinson sports and uh, some other stuff. It's going to be good. All right, I, I think I got to go. Oh. Sorry, I was going to say, the only thing I got is Go Sox, just because they're on right now, and I can't watch them, so. All right, we'll we'll let you live in that that glory, because Boston, because not like they've won a ton of uh, championships in our lifetime anyway. uh, I'm not a Pats fan, but to be fair. You still have a good amount. Yeah, I don't really (laughs) want to hear it out of you. You still have a good amount. But, uh, Sammy, I'll I'll kick it over to you, kind of get us started with, you know, update from this past weekend, what happened with uh, the Dickinson Athletics world. Yeah, I'll just give you some scores. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of games we didn't get to talk about because we took a week off just to kind of get back on schedule. We kind of fell behind. We were working on Thursdays, and we wanted to get back ahead. That way you guys hear the podcast for the, you know, scores and the upcoming games that we're predicting and talking about. So in the past week or so, I would, I'll go back to last Wednesday and kind of catch us up. But women's soccer had a game against Muhlenberg. They picked up a uh, 1-0 win. Women's volleyball. I'll hear about that a little bit later as well. They picked up a 3 nothing win against McDaniel. Field hockey had a game against Haverford, and it lost in a penalty shootout after a couple overtimes. So that was a tough loss for them, but a close game here at home. Uh, women's soccer had a tough 1-0 loss against McDaniel. I was uh, over there for that one. That was a really good game. They just couldn't, couldn't find the back of the net. Uh, women's volleyball dropped uh, three sets to Haverford as well on that uh, on Saturday and then men's soccer lost two one game in overtime, which was honestly one of the most fun games I've broadcasted here at Dickinson. So the men's team, they were, I think it was zero, zero at half McDaniel playing a little bit better around four 32. I want to say penalty shot is awarded. Um, they score. They like jumped too early, so they had to they had to they canceled the penalty shot, opted to get let them to redo it. Then Bainey saves it. So then they score a little bit later, and then we score a goal. I think it was Moreland scored a goal with 17 seconds left. And then we go to overtime, and unfortunately they score pretty quickly in overtime. Both teams had like two or three chances pretty quickly before McDaniel put it away. Mm. Yeah. What do you think, Sammy? What do you think has been men's soccer's biggest problem right now? Because obviously, because I think they're a lot better than what their record shows right now. I, I honestly, it's just going back to like Coach Boy being the new coach. I think he, there's a lot he's trying to change with the culture, with everything there. And they have a lot of young players. They have a, they have two classes of young athletes They because they don't start a ton of seniors. There's a couple seniors that start, a couple of them in rotation, a few juniors here and there as well. But there are a lot of young players, sophomores and freshmen, never got the chance to play, never got into Centennial Conference action, never got to learn his new formation or any of his you know, new changes, um, adjusting to his off-season fitness program that he instilled this year. There's a lot of new stuff that's coming on. I think it's just adjusting to that and then kind of finally 
getting one. Because I think right now, too, they're all struggling a little bit with confidence, probably. So that's just going to happen when, when you're not finding wins in the win column. So I think it's just – it's a matter of time. And once they get one, I think more will come. Yeah, and Dom is coming off of a bye week right now from the uh, for the football team, but we didn't get a chance to talk about the McDaniel game uh, that they played at home, and I also didn't get to call that one because we had a uh, we had a game of our own uh, that weekend as well. So, Dom, give us a little bit about what's uh, what happened with McDaniel. Yeah, I mean, kind of start to finish, we pretty much just took care of business. We they came out and they actually scored first. They had a field goal on us. I think it was the second drive we had. You know, two chances to hold them on third down. We let them squeak by, and then we had a goal line stand, which was which was huge. And then uh, you know they kicked a field goal, and then I think we scored like 24 unanswered, and we just really found our groove after that. We were the better team, and we eventually took care of business. But still mad that they got two field goals on us uh, on defense. I I, I don't think um, they deserve that. So, but it was good to you know finally get back on track. A lot of guys stepped up and played really well. Um, saw a lot of good things and just always good to win that game going into the bye week, just keep the momentum rolling into the second half. So, you know, obviously not the, not the first half that we wanted at two and three, but it's a whole new, it's a whole different season. And, you know, the, the, just, we had a walk through today and just, you know, kind of the energy and the focus is, is, is really there much more than I had um, seen in weeks prior. So, we're starting to find our stride and, you know, we're going to continue to keep moving forward. It actually, uh, that reminds me, I have a bone to pick with you, Dom, on behalf of Vince champion. You promised him a pick <laughs> six. And so I, th- I think everyone else on the, on that defensive bat uh, defensive core had an interception except for you. You did have a sack and uh, a little showmanship after that sack. We gave you a shout out for that one, but I, I know Vince was disappointed if he didn't get his interception. Yeah, uh, I I actually went back and I was watching it and I I heard you guys uh, talking about that and I was like, man, you know, I really let him down, uh, didn't get him to pick six. And I think there was one where if I would have, uh, you know, kept going towards the sideline, I might have been able to pick one off. I don't know if I would have been able to run it all the way back. But um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep working for that. Hopefully I'll, uh, I'll hope I get my pro- get Vince back for that, uh, you know, at some point for the rest of the season. Yeah. Well, looking forward, you got Moravian this weekend, so hopefully maybe you can get a, a pick six there, but um, you're going away to Moravian. Um, what's, uh, what's the game plan and how does, how does Moravian look and what's the, um, what's the overall feel for that game? game? Moravian, historically, we have not fared very, very well playing at Moravian. Um, as is the case, we lost there my freshman and my junior year, but this year we really are the better team. Um, they, I think their quarterback is coming back, but other than that, they have a lot of new guys, a lot of young guys, and we just need to play our game. We make a lot of mental, we've made a lot of mental mistakes, um, which have really cost us in the past. And we need to just not focus so much on like what they do well, but just focus on us and like what we do well, because we know we have the guys out there that will line up any one of our guys against any one of their guys. And, you know, we'll be confident that we can, you know, that we'll, we'll fare pretty well. So just going in there, we're going to continue to try to establish the run game on offense, which we were able to do against Moravian. We ran for hundred something yards or McDaniel ran for hundred something yards. And on defense, you know, we're going to, we, we're going to pitch a shutout. We're going to do our best to pitch a shutout. So, yeah. 
Well, there you go. My uh, my cousin is actually a captain on the Moravians football team. So you, if you could uh, kick him around a little bit, that would be pretty cool. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Sammy, what do we got looking ahead? Uh, I'll give you Wednesday and I'll give you Saturday. So uh, field hockey's got a game against FNM. We know how we like to beat up on FNM. Uh, but as also volleyball, women's volleyball takes on FNM. So we'll probably touch on that a little bit in the interview in the next segment. Uh, Dickinson's men's soccer plays Keystone. Um, considering they're a school I'm not too familiar with, hopefully an opportunity for Coach Boy to grab a W. Uh, and then the women's soccer program takes on Gettysburg as well on Wednesday. And then as far as Saturday games go, there we have our fall pause coming up, so none of them, I believe all of them are away. Um, so field hockey plays their sinus at one. Women's volleyball plays their sinus at one. Football, Moravian at one. Uh, women's volleyball, Rowan at three. Women's soccer, Bryn Mawr at 3.30, and then men's soccer, Mühlenberg at 7. So uh, some some big games coming up, even though we're uh, not all the students are going to be still on campus, not all of us going to be uh, around Carlisle uh, to see them, slash broadcast them, but should be a good weekend. Should be a good week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm i looking forward a little bit to Wednesday, two F&M games. I think there are two opportunities for Dickinson to – Get a little revenge. We haven't failed, fared the best, I don't think, against FNM so far this year. So uh, we owe them a little payback. Yeah, we. Uh, I think this is a weekend for a couple of teams to get back on track. You know, us included, continue to keep the ball rolling. But um, yeah, I know. You know, men's soccer. I they're so close. Like you look at some of these yeah. games, and and that's just being a young team. You know, with a young coach, it's um, those those games are tough. Those those close ones. So uh, you know. Hopefully they'll be they'll be all right. Volleyball has been they've had a pretty good season so far. Um, they dropped one this weekend, but um, you know I think we're going to move into our interview with Jenna Schumann now, and we're actually going to be able to talk a little more about that. Healthy, not boring. That's not just the motto of the Grazery, but it's also their promise to you. Visit the Grazer today and indulge on fresh Mediterranean-inspired salads, sandwiches, and soups, among other great options on menu that serves both breakfast and lunch. Eat in or take out. No reservation needed here, so hurry on down to 156 West High Street, just yards from the campus, and enjoy a fresh and feel-healthy meal today. Okay, we are moving into our second segment, our interview portion. Today, we are joined by Jenna Schumann from the women's volleyball team. Jenna, how are you tonight? Good. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. So my first question, uh, first of all, thank you for coming on the show, but my first question to you was, you know, looking at your, the volleyball teams over the past couple of years, 2018, five games below 500. I think you guys were like 10 to 15 or something like that. And then uh, five, five games above 500 in 2019. And now you guys are rolling again. What has been the biggest uh, difference from the time you were a freshman to now and kind of that change from a below 500 team to a very substantially above average 500 team now? Yeah, I think currently right now, um, all of our players are really on the same page about what our goals are for the season. Um, we've also had a lot of the same people, like a lot of the seniors this year have been playing uh, consistently on the court for like the past four years. So we've been able to really like establish the connections um, between the team. So essentially like we've been playing with a young team this whole time. So now we kind of just matured together. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing is just bringing in the energy every day and everyone's um, really good about picking each other up. 
So I, I'll kind of jump to like the beginning, like before freshman year. We haven't had a chance to have anyone from volleyball on here since we started doing the podcast. So I kind of want to ask you about your path. How did you end up at Dickinson? Slash, what's recruiting like in the sport of volleyball here at the D three level? Yeah, I. It's kind of a funny story for me. Uh, the way I got recruited was because Elise Butler was being recruited at the same game as me. So I was not talking to our old coach, who was Coach Pyle at the time, um, before he showed up to a high school game where my high school played Elise's high school. And we were both rivals. And then after that, he emailed me. And then it was kind of a really late commit for me. I basically committed like around the same time as um, early decision kind of thing. So it was a little late for me, but I was, um, the timeline was pretty much from junior year to like up until the end there, um, ED. But I was talking to some other Centennial schools, but for volleyball, it's really just um, emailing the coaches and like having them come to the club tournaments. So then it's like just networking from there and getting to know a ton of different people. And same with like going to recruit camps um, and just getting to know a bunch of different teams. Yeah, so going coming back to uh, this season, um, is this is this your coach's first year or second year as a? Uh, uh, as this is her second year, I guess. She has year. been with gotcha. us since my sophomore year. Okay, great. And so you guys have kind of uh, acclimated around her. So um, what has been what has been her biggest stressor uh, in terms of like a team culture so far? Yeah, I think with Jen, it's just um, discipline, sort of. So just coming in every day with the mindset. Um, she also stresses us, stresses to us a lot that there's never like one specific lineup. So every single practice is like um, everyone fighting in like a healthy competition way for the same spots. So she really stresses like the depth in the bench and um, challenging each other like is what makes us all better and develop as players. So I know it's kind of a, it's a weird year. Everybody is young. Everybody's starting a lot of, in every sport, in whatever level, everybody's starting at just some guy, some kids are like 23 and others are like 17. It, it, there's a, just a very large gap of uh, age in terms of, you know, people that teams are actually starting. Are you guys a very senior heavy led team? Do you have a lot of young kids playing? Is there a mix of both? And, you know, how have you guys been able to gel and work together so quickly? Yeah, this year it's been pretty senior heavy, um, but we do have a new freshman setter, Jordan. Uh, she's been huge for our team. She came in really strong right away. Um, and then we also have um, Anne-Marie, who's a sophomore as a DS, and then another DS, Grace. Um, but other than that, it's mainly the seniors who've been playing right now, but um, Again, our coach is not like afraid to mix up the lineup if we need. All right. I think your answer there brought us to a really good question, especially because we haven't had a chance to really talk about a ton of volleyball in here. You guys have very unique positions and unique stats to your sport. Do you want to explain some of those, the more maybe unique ones, the more common ones, maybe the more important ones um, as far as understanding volleyball for the people who listen, who don't have a ton of familiarity with volleyball? Yeah, so now that I mentioned Jordan, actually, she was at least at one point, I haven't checked recently, but was leading the conference for assists per set. So she's our setter and an assist is basically, um, she sets the ball up and when we get a kill, every time someone gets a kill, uh, she gets the assist. So 
she's had the most of those in the conference, um, which is really huge, especially as a freshman, uh, really impressive. Um, we've also, same with Emma Lang and Desi Ann, um, they've been leading with blocks. They're both of our middles. Um, they've been in like the top two or three for uh, the conference consistently. Um, Desi's injured right now, but I think she's still ranked pretty high on there. Um, and then what else? Yeah, uh, what specifically? I'll ask, well, I'll ask for like a unique one, like Libero, explain that one. Okay, uh, so Libero is the one that wears a different jersey. Um, our current Libero is Christina Chu. Um, her stats are pretty much like digs, digs per set, um, and then like the serve receive um, percentage, but that's more of like a personal thing for our team. That's not something that gets posted, but she's leading our team right now with, um, I don't know what her average is. I think it's like a two, four probably, which is like ranked from zero to three. So it's really high um, for her serve receive, which is great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say the only other one I would ask about is when you're looking at percentages, because obviously I think that's on kills. So what is a good percentage? Hitting percentage? Yes, hitting percentage. Um, so it kind of differs um, per position, but for outsides around like the 150 to 200 range is like a good hitting percentage. Um, that's kind of on the higher end. And then, but that can really differ. Like if someone has a really good game, like a 300 is like really good, but also it's like achievable, but just like for an average for over the season, it's more around like the um, 150 to 200. And then for middles, it's usually a bit higher, like around 300 and up just because uh, they get less attempts normally because it's harder to run middles so much during the game because you have to be in system with a good pass and a good set. So um, Emma Lang, I, her hitting percent right now is like, I don't know, probably around like 400, but <laughs> impressive. Um, I would have to double check that, but she's definitely up there with that. Let's call. I have it up here. She's at 438. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty, pretty high. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's unbelievable. I was trying to think of it in terms of like baseball, so I guess that would be like batting average. I, I don't know, but that was just where my mind went. Anyways, um, you guys obviously coming off. We we ask this pretty much every every time. Is like coming off of the COVID the COVID year, right? Um, how have you? How was it? at the start of the season, you know, when like trying to shake off the rest, like preseason, how did preseason go? And then how did those first couple of games go for you guys coming out of um, a time where you guys didn't really play for two years? Mm -hmm. Preseason was actually really strong for us. Um, I think a lot of that came from everyone getting their work done over the summer and making sure we're getting touches on balls, stuff like that. Um, like there's a lot of outdoor leagues that you can play in and like outdoor tournaments, stuff like that, but also just like making sure we're getting the lifts done and all the conditioning. Um, but everyone came in definitely really strong. Um, the first tournament we played in um, was also a really strong one for us, the Gettysburg tournament. Um, we, I believe we were undefeated for that. We, I don't think we dropped a set. So that was a good start for us. Definitely good, like confidence boost going into the season. I, this kind of goes off topic from Dickinson volleyball, but staying within the world of volleyball, like I'm a big fan of watching like beach volleyball in the Olympics. And so I'm like, I'm a huge fan of like 
um, Missy May Trainer and um, drawing a blank. Carrie Walsh Jennings. Carrie Walsh Jennings. Carrie Walsh Jennings. And uh, like, how do you think they have sustained success for so long? And is there anything that like you watching them or any other people that you really look up to that you try to implement into your own game? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it, I don't watch as much beach as I do like um, college teams, but I think a lot of that is again, just like mindset. Um, Cause obviously if you're at that level, you're really talented. But I think at that point, it's just like coming in like to practice every day and like getting your training done. Like there's not really any time for like days off when it comes to that. So just like coming in every day, really strong and like ready to work for your team, I think is huge. All right, so this is, it's a pretty important week. It's not, it's obviously fall pause is coming up, but you guys play FNM on Wednesday. And they're sitting in the three spot right now in the conference. You've played two of the tougher teams in the conference at Hopkins and Haverford so far, Hopkins being number one in the country. So one, talk to me a little bit about the tough conference and just kind of working through that and how important, you know, the games leading up to conference play are for you guys. But also talk about playing FNM and this being your last, I think, regular season appearance against them should you guys make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm every single centennial game for volleyball is like, really a close match um but i'm feeling really confident going into the fnm one um yeah uh <laughs> sorry um i just think like as long as we kind of like get our stuff together and we're consistent the whole time i think that'll be a really good way um for us to get another like notch on our belt sort of with the season Good stuff. So, to my my final question is like, do you have a do you have a favorite memory of um, Dickinson volleyball? Like a specific game, a specific moment in a game. Um, what's your What's your favorite one? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I think we were actually talking about this today at practice. Every Monday we do like a mental Monday thing, and part of it was like, right now we're working on like a visualization aspect. So, like personally, like we were looking over like our favorite like highlight reels of our own plays and stuff like that. But I think a lot of like my favorite memories come from just like the, like the family aspect of the team. So um, in preseason this year, we all went over to um, coach Jen's house to go like tie dye shirts and stuff like that. And we always do like little team activities like that. And in prior years we went laser tagging, stuff like that. I just think um, anything we do just like, hanging out with the team is always just like a really special like fun time for us but also in a more volleyball sense I think um the SWAT game that we had in 2019 I believe we took it to five sets um and then we pulled out with the win at the end uh that was just like a big momentum game for us so I think that one's definitely uh, important to me all right, I think I'm pretty much out of questions. Just one more. And uh, I think, you know, we usually ask this from, with all of our guests recently is what's the one thing that you missed about Dickinson now that you're back that, you know, really is specialty, something that's specialty or something you missed, anything like that? Something that I have missed? Something that you missed or that you like, once you got back, you, re you didn't realize how much you missed, uh, something that you, that you longed for when you were away. I don't know. Just something, <laughs> um, something about campus. Yeah. I think generally for me, it's kind of just like 
being on the court again with everyone, just like, especially over COVID, like there were not many chances that I got to like play indoor on a court um, just cause my family, we were all like being really cautious with it. Um, but I think just being able to get back on a court again, especially like with my closest friends, um, on the team and like, just being able to play and season is always just so much fun. Like even the car rides and like the bus rides, like it's just always like a little celebration everywhere we go. I mean, our coaches probably get a little bit mad with how loud we are on the bus sometimes, like always just like singing and like yelling and shouting and stuff like that but just like being able to spend that time together again I think I've missed a lot so I think the last one for me is should be a transition to our final segment we're talking about the three most influential people in sports if you had to pick one person who's been the most influential in your sports career who would it be so like someone personal for me or personal for you personal for you okay um I would say probably probably a tie between my coach, Jen. Um, she's just been really motivational, um, really has helped me through a lot, like with the season. Um, and then also my dad, <laughs> just uh, he plays too. So he does have like a little bit of background. Like I was playing a lot of outdoors with him this summer, like in leagues and stuff like that. But uh, just the way he shows up to every single game. Um, I'm the youngest in our family and I'm the last one who's like still playing in college and stuff like that. So both of my parents have been like showing up to all the games just cause they don't really have much else to do right now, but he literally brings like a cooler of Gatorade every single time for the team. And my mom will like bring snacks for everybody. It's just like, definitely like the support um that I've gotten from them and then all like the pointers that he'll give me like after games and stuff like that um just something that I've always really looked up to Sam anything else I'm good awesome well Jenna thank you so much we appreciate your time and we wish you the best of luck going forward with your season thanks guys Complex is something no coach or athlete wants to deal with, which is why they keep or why each team aims to keep schemes and execution simple. So success is easy to achieve. That's the game plan used by the grazing right here in Carlisle. Simple ingredients that are fresh, healthy, and above all delicious. Healthy, not boring food that is not just good, but good for you. Made from only the healthiest and simple ingredients. So come in today and enjoy a great meal made simple at the grazing located at 156 West High Street in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thank you, Jenna Schumann, for coming on as our guest this week. Today, we are going to do a pretty interesting topic for our final segment. So we are going to be discussing who we believe, um, you know, in our own opinion, three of the most influential people in sports. So Sammy, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Glavin, and then we'll end with me. Since we were doing three, I tried to pick three people that covered, like, a different area of sports. So I'm going to start here. You can like them or you cannot like them, but Dave Portnoy and Barstool in terms of changing the media industry when it comes to sports, media and gambling industry have literally been flipped on its head over the last decade plus just because of what they've been doing there. So I think it's impossible to not mention him and the stuff that they've been doing because they've been growing sports that were more or less irrelevant. Like a couple of their guys bought a lacrosse team and PLL has gone up in viewing and stuff like that. So 
just stuff like that. And then especially with the gambling, getting certain um, states to legalize their gambling book, all that kind of stuff. So they, they've had a pretty, pretty sizable impact in that, that realm of media and the gambling industry of sports. Yeah, I'm going to go with a little bit of a throwback here, but I think it's his presence is still here um, in the sports world today. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Jim Valvano um, with the with the V Foundation. Um, just I don't really think there's too much to be said. I think everybody pretty much knows what I'm what I'm referring to. But I, every time I watch that video of him at the SPs, it's like I'm ready to I'm ready to run through like a brick wall. Like it's he's just it was just so awesome and college basketball is they i feel like college basketball produces like so many great coaches and stuff so it's i think it's really cool to see i'm gonna go with serena williams for my for one of mine and she again not a lot has to be said she's done so much for women for the sport of tennis um showing you know that it's it's not just a, a sport for white people that and you know you can not only participate in it but you can be absolutely dominant in it and you should never be afraid to be who you are, to, um, you know, defy stereotypes, um, defy odds, break boundaries, all that. So uh, that's why Serena Williams is there for me. So my number two is going to be LeBron James. And I'm a confirmed LeBron hater, but I can only it's the same. I don't like Tom Brady, but I can only deny stuff for so long. One being his success. He's had a lot of success and granted there with, with super teams, but I think that's the bigger influence the entire way that teams construct their, their organization, the way that their team building happens now in the NBA is completely different. You can point to the Boston Celtics in terms of their big three, but they met Paul Pierce here. LeBron was the first one to organize a super team. And now that's how everything is done in the NBA with the Nets, um, sort of the Bucks, um, the Lakers now, obviously still LeBron over there. So I think the way that, He's changed the NBA and obviously with his uh, social justice and helping with education and stuff, especially still in Cleveland, all that kind of stuff. And or in Akron, I think is the, his school um, over there. So just those kind of things, plus of course the branding with the, the shoes and stuff like that. So I think his influence currently is insurmountable pretty much. Yeah. Well, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit there, Sammy. I, Cause I am also a very staunch LeBron hater in terms of on the court, um, but off the court, you can't deny all the good that he's done. And as a, uh, as a very, I'm an, I'm an education, educational studies major. I'm working over at Carlisle high school right now doing um, like student teaching and stuff like that. So the fact that he's got that school, the I promise school in Akron for um, kids that want to go to college, it's free, free tuition to the university of Akron, free books, a free bike, like all that stuff is just, absolutely unreal so i can't i i can hate him as much as i want when he's on the court but i can't i can't say anything about him off the court yeah this doesn't happen a lot but i also have a bronze so yeah <laughs> uh you know it, it's he's not only like one of the faces of basketball but he's just one of the faces of sports in the entire world you know like when you know when our parents were kids they would talk about like you know, MJ is like the end all be all, like the, 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 the highest you can get in sports. And, uh, you know, that's LeBron for us. And, you know, he's, you see him, he's such a family man. He's never had any sort of scandals or accusations against him. Um, he's always been a class act and he's just absolutely dominated for so many years. And he doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. And he just, everywhere he goes, he seems to have an impact like and for all the reasons that both of you guys say uh that's why he's there for me so this one hurts me just as much as the last one i already said his name 
It's going to be Tom Brady at number one. And this is the only one that I've picked based off of winning. And uh, it hurts. I'm a Colts fan. I'm a Peyton Manning stan. And uh, it hurts me to say it, but Tom, Tom, no, Tom, no one's a better winner than Tom Brady across any sport currently, at the very least. You can point to past winners, but right now there is no one who wins like Tom Brady. No one. He has more Super Bowls than I think almost, if not every franchise in the entire NFL. I think the only team he doesn't have more Super Bowls is, is the team that he played on, the Patriots. That's the most unreal thing that's that one man was the centerpiece of. Yes, you can point to Belichick, you can point to other stuff, but he was he's a winner. He's clutch. He does the stuff that it made me brought me to tears at moments because I hated to see it. But he's a he's a winner to the highest level. Yeah, we're clearly in midseason form here for Speak of the Devils podcast because I'm going to go with Dave Portnoy. I thought that was going to be my haymaker, um, but then Sammy went off and just did it right off the bat, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he just took my number one. Uh, my biggest thing with Portnoy was the small business fund uh, during the uh, during the, the pandemic, raising tens of millions of dollars for small businesses that were struggling through the pandemic. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Um and it made the it made all the difference. I mean, you saw all those videos. Like my mom had to stop watching those videos because she would just cry all the time. And I was like, Mom, like this is gonna be a regular occurrence on Instagram. Stop watching. Like this is a good thing. <laughs> so um, and then obviously, like Sammy, you you brought up that it just changed the face of sports media, which is I which I think was long overdue for a change. It was it was time. So and the fact that he led the charge on that and say what you want about him, like, but he has done a lot of good stuff. Um, in terms of sports media and just being a citizen of the world. So Dave Portnoy is my number one. I like that. I like that. Mine is also Tom Brady, again, just for the sheer purpose of winning. And nobody expected anything from him. Like he earned everything that he has right now. And it's just one of those, like, you know, you don't have to be like the prodigy coming out of high school, coming out of college, like which LeBron was and he lived up to his name and far exceeded but you know nobody really expected much from Tom Brady and it just shows that you know preparation um, sacrifice dedication commitment all these things um, you have to take them and not only like do them but also just like take them to the extreme level if you want to win like he is he is he embodies that he he, he doesn't just show up and do what he does like there's a regiment to it and uh you know greatness like that doesn't come around very often and when it's there you have to tip your cap to it and yep. the only other thing i would say is he, he sees the moment too there his career could have not happened if he struggled when he came in for drew Bledsoe. like the fact that he seized his moment and i think he's an inspiration for a lot of young quarterbacks now too the way that they're you know you look like guys that just got drafted like Sam Ellinger and quarterbacks like that, that you maybe don't see getting a chance, but if their starting quarterback gets hurt and they can seize their moment, they could be maybe not seven Super Bowls, but they could be a, a Tom Brady-esque, you know, rise to the top story. Yeah. I think we're going to have to change the phrase from getting Wally Pipped to getting Drew Bledsoe just because, I mean, Tom Brady has far surpassed Lou Gehrig and pretty much everything so far. So um, I, it's, it's crazy that we got to see that like in our, in our lifetime, which is, which is cool. And I don't like Tom Brady either. And he's like, he should, probably should have been on my list. So, um, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. I think that's going to do us for this episode of speak of the devil's podcast. 
Uh, if you guys enjoyed, leave us a review, hit us up, tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like so that we can make the show better and more enjoyable for you guys. Best of luck to all our sports teams this weekend. Roll devs. Roll devs. Good luck and good turns.